One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt. Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff here. This is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast, NXT flavored edition. I'm El Fakador Laurie Blake and I'm joined by Chopper Pete Quinnell. How Hello. are you, Hello. I'm all right, mate. How are you doing? Very, very well. Uh, someone who is maybe not doing so well is Drake Maverick, who uh, has been released from his WWE contract, so we all found out last week, but is being used in the interim cruiserweight champion tournament on WWE TV and they've made a storyline out of the fact that he's been released from his contract. So in this podcast, Pete and I are going to attempt to answer the question, is that in the best of taste? Here's the show. We're going to be talking about um, NXT this week and whether or not uh, the story that they're now telling with Drake Maverick, who has been released from his WWE contract, posted a heartfelt uh, video moments after receiving the call from WWE telling him that he's lost his job, essentially. Um, whether working that into the storyline for him appearing in the NXT interim cruiserweight tournament uh, is a good thing or not? Is it mm. a bit poor taste? Um mm. And the reason, and we'll go through the rest of the show as well on this podcast. Uh, but the reason I think this, I'm not saying it's poor taste. Uh, wrestling has always worked in the real life angle into the story. The reason I don't think this is a good choice is because there is no good outcome here. Um, your options are, your options, one option is that this story they tell is that Drake Maverick has unbelievable odds to go up against. He is fighting against not only his opponent, he's fighting against himself, as he says at the end of the match here. And he gets through this tournament. They're probably going to do a little bit of a, you know, he's now solely positioned as the underdog. He's going to get through this moment. He's then going to probably have two comeback matches, maybe get all the way to the final, because why wouldn't you build off the guy who has the best story going in? And he definitely does have the best real life story going in. You get to the final, you don't crown him the cruiserweight champion. And he's still lost his job. Mm-hmm. That is one option. Option two is he gets all the way through to the final and he wins the belt. Or he gets all the way through to the final, loses, but they announce that Drake Maverick has kept his job. And that's great. Like that, That is really, that is a good outcome for Drake Maverick. And I think he thoroughly deserves to be rehired. 
but so do a lot of the other people. Mm -hmm. And I think the problem is if we're just playing favorites here and saying like, well, you, you know, yeah, sure. You had the gumption to react immediately and, uh, it did become storyline. He did, you know, he, we, we praised him last week for playing up the storyline angle of uh, being still in the tournament um, and really making do with it. People are going to read it as a work after that. And I think, you know, people want to, there's going to be a, a big sway of people going like, now we've just been worked. And two going, uh, well, what made the other people undeserving of being offered their jobs back either? Like, because they, you didn't book them into a tournament beforehand because they didn't, uh, get upset on Twitter. And again, all these things are, I, I again, this is not me saying, this is me playing devil's advocate massively here. I'm not trying to be like, I, I think any of this is a work. I think any of this is manipulative. I just think that maybe building it into the storyline right now doesn't leave you with any good options. Yeah, it's a, it's a really weird scenario because storylines, generally speaking, are always better when you try and kind of blur the lines between reality and what's kayfabe and all that stuff. It seems a bit weird that they would have this kind of real-life, in a sense, tragedy of Drake Maverick of losing his job, his dream job in, in WWE, and then it's still WWE who are playing up. Drake's had this really terrible time, and it's like, you're the ones that have caused it. You're the ones that have fired him, and yet they're building their own story of something they've did, they've done to someone else. It's it's a weird, like, thing to wrap your head around. And well, yeah, like like you said, I don't know if there's a good outcome out of this. I I, I can't see a way because either he's going to lose a lot and get buried on his way out. That's terrible. <laughs> if he could uh, lose a lot, but then everyone says, you've shown heart, kid. Here's your job back. Everyone's like, that's rubbish. What? Or he could win a lot and not get his job back. That's rubbish. Or he could win a lot and get his job back, which is still rubbish. Because people are going to be not happy that other people haven't been rehired. It, it's it's bad all the way through. I I don't know if if you were going to release Drake Maverick. I don't think it's smart to have him compete in the tournament. It's great that we finally get to see him wrestle because we've not really seen him wrestle in WWE full stop. So it's great that he can have a bit of a showcase to show that he can actually wrestle before he leaves. That's cool. But you've got to think about how that reflects on you as a company, because you have taken the decision to release this guy and you said you can stay for the tournament that you were scheduled to be in. But how does that reflect on you? Because you're giving this guy a platform to say, I can really wrestle. Cool. So why have you released him? Like, that, yeah. I, I, I don't understand what is happening with this story. I don't know how to feel. He's the ultimate underdog. He's the ultimate babyface now, but I don't want to get emotionally invested in him because I don't know what WWE's going to do with it. And I feel like they're just going to pull the rug out whenever they feel like it. And they'll just be like, well, he had his matches. See you later. Mm. Thanks for that, mate. I am watching it expected to be disappointed. I'm watching yes. it expected it to have a moment at the end where I am going to be upset. And I think that's the thing. It's like we, we, we've we seen storylines where people get fired from WWE. It's one of Vince McMahon's best catchphrases. Mm. However, they weren't actually fired. Yeah. It was a storyline in which we were trying to make somebody a babyface. Tacking the babyface push onto the end of a real-life uh, road bump for somebody like the actual end of their dream job and their career. I think it's just a bit like, and I, I get also like, I'm sure 
Drake had a hand in this and said, like, totally. this is what we should do. I just don't know whether it quite flies using the using the real life. And they could have played it up slightly differently. They could have used it as a way to kayfabe write him off WWE, if you know what I mean. Like, if you'd have played it backwards and not said, like, just pretended, as they do sometimes, that social media doesn't exist. And Drake hadn't pushed done that video and hadn't said he'd mm. lost his job. Um or again, like you said, just remove him from the tournament. Because what actually happens in the show this week is we get a package about Drake Maverick, him saying, you know, the the, the shots of him uh, from Twitter, tearful. We then cut to a bit where they go, oh, really excited for Triple H Appreciation Night on SmackDown. <laughs> a guy whose job is bloody Awful. well secured forever because he married yeah. the boss's daughter. Like, it, it, that positioning sucks like that yes. sucks and then they then they then they put him in the ring with uh jake atlas who was really good i thought i i mm. you know i really liked the match i i'm not necessarily convinced by the outcome of it i think maybe they should have gone the other way but i get that they're trying to build maverick now as this underdog he now has literally everything to fight for in the next two weeks or uh, the next few weeks of the the tournament his next two matches um i just they were trying to do a bit too much here and play with some really real world emotions that I think a lot of people were quite shocked by what happened. Mm. Was it two weeks ago now? No, it was it was last week. It was last Wednesday, yeah. Yeah, literally last week. So like I I think this is too fresh to be playing with. And I think like there is no good outcome for this storyline because people are either gonna be uh angry that you've sort of manipulated them into feeling more for this story and then not paid off on it and and still let drake leave people are still going to be like if, if he you know if, if it does turn out that he gets rehired people are going to be like annoyed that you feel like they've been worked people mm-hmm. are going to be annoyed that you know other people who are their favorites didn't get rehired obviously not the ones who asked for their release but there's plenty of other people on that list who um wanted to keep their jobs at WWE and were equally upset about losing them. They just didn't do exactly what Drake did. Yeah. Um, and so I, I just think it's, I'm, and again, I'm not like, I don't want to put any blame on Drake Maverick for doing what he did. Like he just had a very raw emotional reaction to something. I just think mm-hmm. that this maybe wasn't the one time that WWE should have thought, let's build that into a story. Yeah. Exactly. Not, every, not everything needs to be a story. No, exactly. And it's so hard as well because you unintentionally, people are going to be so emotionally invested in Drake Maverick that automatically they're not going to like Jake Atlas as much. And yeah. when it's a new guy that you're trying to push in Jake Atlas, and especially when when the video package that he had before the match as well was talking about how he needed to overcome certain you know barriers in his life and he wants to break stereotypes and overcome adversity and all that stuff they didn't actually say what it is in that he's gay mm-hmm. don't know why they wouldn't say that it's like yeah you're being really progressive what about uh, nothing why what did you why do you ask it's a weird weird video package but they're trying to build both of them as these underdogs that are overcoming and it doesn't work when they're facing each other it was a it was a strange story, and I think people are automatically and organically going to root for the guy that they've just seen crying on Twitter, rather than you know the guy that has some very real world problems that he's had to overcome in his life and stuff that he wants to bring to NXT. It's the stuff that's more recent and the stuff that's more kind of visceral. You see, like the tears running down his face. That's an automatic you know emotion that you just kind of cling on to. So I think 
yeah, people organically are going to be rooting for Maverick more in this match. And then you have Atlas win because he's the new NXT guy that you do want to build up. Cool, sure. Make Maverick even more of the underdog going into the next few weeks. But then he, but then even later on, the thing that got me about it, the thing that got that really made me left like a bad taste in my mouth mm. afterwards was Drake Maverick was interviewed backstage after his match, and he was just sitting on the stairs, and his final line of this promo was, maybe everyone was right about me. And he's literally just said, like, maybe WWE should have fired me, mm. is basically what he just said. And that's a WWE scripted promo that they have given to Drake Maverick to say. That is, mm, that that bit, I was like, that's not cool. Don't, ne- no, don't, yeah. don't do that. Because next week they'll have him shaking Triple H's hand to say thank you for the opportunities. And then on the right. way out, they have to kiss Vince McMahon on the ass. It's like, you just stop tinkering. Like, you did a mm. bad thing. Just take him out of the tournament. Uh, because I think that is a better, that is just a better way to, if you, you know, as a company, it's a better way for you to save face. Mm-hmm. Um, or just give him, like, give him some matches. Yeah, as a showcase on the way out. But like, don't make it this storyline. Just give him this one big final match and maybe don't and let him say goodbye. Like, but yeah. you don't have to do it in this way that also protects you. Like, yeah, exactly. You, like, you did a you did a big horrible thing. So just yeah. get on with it. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, don't mention the the Twitter video that was out there. Don't mention that he's been released by the company. Just say Drake Maverick. He's going to have the take him out of the tournament, but just ha- mm. give him one showcase match if that's what you want. And he's going to have this really cool showcase match against whoever Finn Balor I don't know some it's just a name I pulled out of nowhere he's just gonna have this one big bluff match to showcase that he can really wrestle and then he just you know has a promo after the match just saying like thanks for the opportunity see you all later on the flip side and then he leaves that's exactly. it that's what you need to do exactly but also yeah like I guess that's the thing is like if you're putting him in there with someone like Jake Atlas and like this is not this nothing against Jake Atlas at all because I think he's great but um people are always going to make the comparison it's like Jake Atlas is the lowest on the rung like mm. Jake Atlas is literally only just joined the company. Why wasn't Jake Atlas in the position that Drake Maverick is in? If you're looking to cut costs, surely the new crop of people is where you should cull from. Mm. In my head, your non-established stars is kind of where you should cull from. And I get probably like there is, you can make the argument that there's probably discrepancies in what people are being paid. So mm. if you're looking to fill a certain amount of money that you are trying to maintain your profits by, uh, that's what you go with. But yeah, like I'm, I, there's a bit of you that watches it and goes like, well, why is this guy leaving and not this guy? Like, I like this guy and I don't really know who this guy is because I haven't got the chance to see him yet. So it is kind of weird on a show where a lot of people are getting pushed, like after having just appeared, like Dexter Loomis, for instance, mm-hmm. seems to be getting a big push now. It's like, there is the argument to be made. It's like, well, I don't really know what they're about. They're not necessarily gelling with me. I like Drake Maverick. I'm connected to Drake Maverick. Why is he out the door and all these other people are safe? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it doesn't, better, it doesn't really make sense. So you're better off giving him, like you said, you're better off giving him a match against Finn Balor because there's no question about whether Finn Balor's staying in the company. There's no question mm-hmm. about whether Adam Cole is staying. I'm not saying he should have an NXT title opportunity, but he should be, if you want to do a uh, last rodeo for someone, give them someone who... Is good. It's going to be like wow. They went in there and they they went with that person. That's amazing. I didn't know they were capable of that. But also gives them that opportunity to. No one's going to be questioning about whether the other person should have been the one. Yeah, exactly. And I'm not saying anyone should have lost their job. Nobody had to lose their job. Is the funny thing about this? Like there was no call for it. Um, 
but yeah, I just think you you remove all question then. Yeah, and give him a heel. So yeah. it's really you're really rooting for the baby face. Like it's it's just simple booking. I I think anyway. Mm. But are there any heels know. in the are there any heels in the tournament really beyond to Tony Nice was Tony Nice uh, Jack Gallagher. Oh uh, yeah. He's, uh, he doesn't feel like a proper heel though. Like, I don't. Yeah, there's not anyone. And that... fan theory, Elio del Fantasma. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Let's go through the other two matches that happened mm. for the tournament. So there was another one that I can never remember. It was Kushida versus Tony Nice, yep. uh, which I thought was great. I thought it's a great they, match. Um, yeah, they did some really, really cool stuff. Uh, Kushida then flips off with the Sakurama lock, as it's now known, mm -hmm. and uh, off the top rope and won, which I always think is quite a clunky setup. Yeah. They always it get into kind of... it quite clunky. It's never yeah. like. It's an never awkward up, landing. He's never up there for a good reason, is he? <laughs> and then it's like, oh, yeah, the Sakurama luck. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I thought this was really great. I thought both guys are incredible, and they worked really, really well together. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I, they got to the point where Nice did his, uh, from the outside, springboard moonsault thing. And I was like, oh, so they're going to the finish. They still had like another five minutes after that. I was mm -hmm. like, oh, my God, <laughs> this match is going so long. This is awesome. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a great match. Really, yeah, really so cool. 
Uh, I think right person won as well. I think mm -hmm. Kushida Same. is the exact sort of person you want to be pushing as far in this tournament as you can you can possibly push them. Um, obviously, everyone's going to have multiple matches, but I just think Kushida should, is one of the names that I would instantly put in the final if you just gave me that list of people. Um, the other match was uh, Gentleman Jack, Jack Gallagher versus El Hio del Fantasma. Mm -hmm. uh, I wasn't that fussed by this match. It was all right. There wasn't anything too special. It wasn't like a big showcase for Phantasma to be like, here's all my really awesome moves that I can do. Here's what Jack you should got, care. Yeah, Jack got loads of this match. Like, I thought he was in control for a lot more of it. And Phantasma... Yeah. This is the thing. I, I don't know. I don't know whether this debut has been pushed up because of something else or there's something down the line that we're going to see that re, you know, like restructures what we think of Phantasma. But this, to me, wasn't uh, the debut that i was expecting for somebody who's like this is a you know th this is a, a luchador with a history of performing mm -hmm. with a, a familial lineage to uphold and is clearly capable of amazing things this match kind of stuttered i think so putting it in, in there with like a kushida or somebody faster and working a really quick style match would have been more interesting yeah um, i think their their styles clunked together in a way that didn't make Phantasma look as good as I think he maybe should have, they should have tried to make him look. Cause I think he's a big, he is actually quite a good get for WWE and NXT. Mm. Um, and seemingly they're building him into one of the few bigger storylines that they're working on. Not, not big storylines, but this is, you know, the, the luchador kidnappings is at least a storyline that's happening outside of the ring. Um, yeah. So I feel like his inclusion in that, whether he's the, secret big boss man or whether that's all a work in the the car coming to pick him up whatever's happening um i think you could have made more of him in the ring here to show up really show off what kind of performer he is but he picks up the win anyway with a samoan driver yeah, yeah which was it, it was still a, a fine match there's nothing particularly you know inherently damaging about it it just didn't look as good as he probably could have and then yeah he the the master luchadors turn up afterwards uh in the parking lot and he beats him up and says, mm. get out of here. And he actually doesn't get kidnapped like the other guys. Which makes me think that, yeah, either it's going to be something really like clunky and it would be something like, oh, they came to pick him up, but he didn't want to, he was on camera. So he told him to go away again or something stupid like that. But I think mm. it was, I, do, I don't think he's a baby face. He was, he, I think he was hamming up the baby face side of it too much to the point where he was like a main roster luchador babyface, and they haven't really had that style of babyface in NXT in forever. There's not mm. just someone who's just like really happy to be there and really kind of hamming up being a, a you know babyface who gets beaten down and then comes back with his hope spots and stuff like that. It it was really kind of over. I thought being a babyface in this match, and I think it was done too much to the point where I think he will be revealed as some sort of overseeing big boss man of of all that stuff especially based on the video package we saw last week with him in a suit it really mm. fits with the whole style that they've got so i don't know whether they've changed plans or something but i think he's going to get revealed as some sort of boss of these mass luchadors yeah i mean just look, that... at his, look at his gear like his his mm. tights aren't exactly like baby face friendly tights are they? they're like flaming like uh Aztec Mayan style skulls. Mm -hmm. Like, I, it, I don't know. I, you know, that might be me just being uh, completely uneducated in 
that cultural stuff but i feel like that doesn't look to me uh like a baby face kind of gear mm. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm hoping it. I'm hoping in weirdly for this other the cruiserweight match. I'm hoping that this is a work, a work within a work. It's, yeah, uh, I'm hoping this is the, the. You know, we've been played here by the character of Phantasma, and he he does have more to him because this did feel too, just too twee. It it didn't really do much for me. Mm, yeah, uh, unless they've just completely changed plans and it's someone else entirely. It's just yeah, someone was, else that does the kidnappings. I was really trying to rack my brain of like who would hoover up luchadors, like mm. Zelina Vega. That's it. A racist. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's it. Unless they're all, yeah, unless they're all going beyond the wall. It's <laughs> Trump. It's Trump doing it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I was a bit disappointed by this match, but I am hoping Same. that it's a long play and mm -hmm. we, we get to look back on this in a few weeks' time and go, ah, oh, we were all messed with. Uh, yeah. Because that would be quite nice. Um, also messing with people is Karrion Cross, mm. which, which opened the show because uh, Finn Balor was set to face off against the Velveteen Dream um, this evening. And uh, Finn Balor had disappeared. His dressing room had been completely trashed, seemingly by Karrion Cross, we would assume, as the only person who is into trashing uh, dressing rooms now that the Riot Squad have left NXT. Mm, all that custard, uh, mustard and ketchup. Must I almost yeah, said exactly. custard. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, this was weird. I, yeah, sure. And they're just like, Finn Balor is missing. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, sure. Uh, is that playing into the kidnapping luchador story or the carrying cross story? Who knows? Mm. Um, but then Dream comes out dressed as Finn Balor and cuts a weird promo about new levels, new devils, and demons and something. And then Adam Cole comes out. He's, he's actually here now. He's mm. been in, you know, he's been in quarantine for a few weeks, and now he's actually here. And it sets up him and uh, the era Sans O'Reilly beat up Dream. Keith Lee comes out for the save, and it sets up the main, which was. Uh, Dream and Lee versus Era. Mm -hmm. um, but when we actually get to the main event, that's not what happens because no. uh, uh, Velveteen Dream comes out uh, being the big Overwatch fan that he has. It has Diva written on his uh, on his gear. Uh, he comes out and uh, then they get into a brawl before the bell and Damien Priest comes out with his stick thing and just jabs Keith Lee in the throat a couple mm -hmm. times. I mean, that's a super cool spot. It's a shame they did it on SmackDown because it would have been a bit more impactful for me. But you know, sure, uh, it was it was it was still it was still pretty good. Um, and then Keith Lee gets taken to the back because he can't breathe, mm -hmm. which is nice. Yay, love that T timing. But uh, yeah, mm, like yeah. Uh, it was a mess the start of this match, and it was a yeah, this, it was. Was, this was a good mess. Like so, Bobby Fish mm. gets Bobby Fish jumps into the ring, and they all beat down the Dream. Bobby Fish is ejected while screaming, the bell hadn't rung, the bell hadn't rung, which I liked. Like, you're playing up the rules there of the match, mm -hmm. funnily enough, which you will mm. later completely disregard <laughs> because <laughs> Keith, Lee gets to, Keith Lee gets taken to the back by the medics and Dream is now in a handicap match against uh, Cole and Strong. And then Dexter Loomis just appears on and the he's apron. there and no one reacts to him no. the commentators are like oh what's Dexter Loomis doing here the rest is in the match couldn't care it's like yeah. he's been there the whole time but this is why um, you needed Bobby Fish out there Bobby Fish mm -hmm. should have been on the outside at this point going well what, what's he doing mm -hmm. like 
get like Bobby Fish shouting get down and get off the apron would have been like made this make sense because then well, sort of yeah but this is what I mean but it, would, it kind of could have uh, there could have been some effort made to help it mm -hmm. make sense uh, yeah. because Dream then does the does a hot tag spot with Dexter Loomis who's not in the match He's and the referee's the just match. like referee's just like yeah grab the tag rope if you want Tag, Dex Loomis jumps into the ring, starts beating on uh, Cole and Strong, and, <laughs> and then Fish runs out. Uh, Loomis does a dive to the outside, taking out um, Strong and Fish, and then that gives Dream enough space to hit the Purple Rainmaker on Adam Cole and get the victory. Yeah, it was bonkers. I'm I'm so confused. I'm so confused by everything that happened. Why did Dexter Loomis come out? Why did the referee just let him tag in? He's not in the match. That's a DQ. Uh, uh. <laughs> I, I don't understand. And I don't get why none of the wrestlers reacted to it. Like, mm. why are you in this match? Like, they, they were just like, oh, now nah, it's Dexter Loomis. Got to wrestle him. Like, why? It's a DQ. Yeah. Complain to the ref. Do something. Clearly, like, next week, Adam Cole's going to be like, oh, it was a cheap victory. Dexter Loomis inserted himself in the match, blah, 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 blah. But, like, you could have done that while still explaining how Dexter Loomis got into the match. Yeah. It could have been, it's a handicap match, and then Dexter Loomis comes out, and he starts beating up Bobby Fish on the outside. And then the era, like, well, we want revenge on Bobby Fish. Fine. Tag match. Get yourself in this match, Loomis, and then we'll beat you up. Or something like that. Anything. Mm. To have Loomis actually officially inserted into the match, rather than just being there or just said it's I, a handicap or just say it's a handicap match so the rules are out the window like just be like mm. this is you know anything goes now we've decided that clearly the rules don't matter in this opening mm. bit so they've just said it's it's no dq yeah and then they could yeah. just play with that and like it, it's just weird to be like if you hold the tag rope are you just allowed to be in the match <laughs> is that just the wwe rule that we didn't know was happening yeah it was supposed to be Keith Lee, but because he got taken to the back, his spot has now been filled by vacant. So mm. anyone that came out could have just grabbed the tag rope and just there Keith Lee now. It's the That's Brock right. Lesnar rule. It's the Brock Lesnar rule. Exactly. Yeah. Money in the bank rule. Uh, um, I, I tell you what, though, Dexter Lumis's hot tag, thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was yeah. great. I think and he's really loved good. It. Yeah, his spine buster and his movesets were really cool. His dive over the top rope was great. I really liked it. Really, really liked it. I just think in these situations... And I get like they're playing up the weirdness of Dexter Loomis here. Like he was stalking last week, watching the match. He's now stalking the Undisputed Era again uh, to insert himself into this match. He's clearly got a bone to pick with one of them. Um, and the, the feud is going to spiral out of this, you'd imagine. But you can't just be like, well, the rules don't matter. Yeah. You you, you could have you done, done the ref bump and had the ref down. Mm -hmm. And then, then Loomis makes the save. And that gives yeah. Dream the chance to win. Just when you thought the Undisputed Era were going to cheat because the ref takes a bump, Bobby Fish runs out, it's three on one, uh, and then Loomis gets involved and clears up. Yeah, that would have made so much more sense. And it's ju it's just so strange because NXT normally is like scrupulous with the rules mm -hmm. to the point where all their storytelling has to make like pitch perfect sense the whole time. And this week, for whatever reason, they were just like, eh, it's fine. But yeah. yeah, I don't know. It was weird. Um, what other, else happened on the show, Peter? We, yeah, had, uh, other, we had other notable things. Well, we had Shotzi Blackheart, uh, Tegan Knox versus Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez in 
a good little sprint. I thought Shotzi Blackheart mm-hmm. looked amazing in this. She she got put over really big. Raquel Gonzalez obviously got put over as the big person. Um, and the whole thing breaks down when Kaya knocks sort of uh, renew hostilities and drag each other to the outside and Kaya kicks her in the head. And then that gives Raquel Gonzalez enough time to hit the uh, one-armed powerbomb and Shotzi pick up the win. Um, I'm not necessarily convinced about Kaya Knox just infinitely floating around each other. Now, yeah, like I, I, I don't think they have the Owen Zane vibe that they do. I don't think it's a feud you can just do forever. And we've seen with a feud that you thought you could do forever with Gargano and Champa, in my humble opinion, has now gone too long. Mm-hmm. I think it's starting to really lose its luster now. So I'm I'm hoping that it really is done. Because I'm, yeah, I'm really not interested in seeing those guys feud again. Uh, yeah, I, I just don't think they could, they have much more left in them. They've done the, and there's been no new like wrinkles in the story. It's the mm-hmm. same story. Kai turned on Knox at War Games like seven years ago, and then you know they they've just been feuding about the same thing since. And then there was Gonzalez, and now Knox needs backup. It's it's just Knox versus Kai the same feud it's just them fighting and i think you know like kai uh nox has already had her moment to win like nox has already beat kai um and i feel like that's the line under that and i get that kai the character has chosen not to have that be the case um but i just i'm not buying into it like i think they've had some really good matches i think they've had some really clever finishes i really like the end of the cage match where Mm -hmm. pins her to the thing i thought that was really ingenious um but yeah i'm not I'm not hyped to, to keep seeing them revolve around each other. I would like to see Kai actually use the Gonzalez connection to boost herself up the roster. Mm. Like that that's what I feel like that's for. I don't feel like it's yeah. to continually face the same person who you're and then you've got Knox just dragging in whichever best mate she happens to be with this week. Yeah. Um couldn't get but, Candace the Ray, unfortunately. She's not yeah. a rent a friend anymore. So. No, I know. That's it. She's taken the she's taken the criticism to heart, clearly. Yeah. Um <laughs> so yeah, let's talk about uh, there's one thing I'd like to talk about just really quickly before we hop on to the Gargano Laray promo. Mm. Uh, was Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher's promo. Which was a bit I think teasing the eventual split of these two, right? Like I, I hope so. I hope that's what it was teasing, because otherwise it was a bit weird. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm not sold on this whole fact thing. I I'm not sold on him being done 2.0. It's just, I don't know. He, he He's not as much of a straight man as Dunn is. Yeah. So I don't think it works quite as well. Dunn is very much like, I'm very serious and your shenanigans annoy me. But with but but he still kind of likes it deep down and he's found yeah. success with the tag team titles but he like in a, caric- is... in a caricaturish way like dunn's yes. uh, dunn's surliness is so over exaggerated to be comedy itself whereas timothy exactly. thatcher's is is genuinely like i just don't think i'm this kind of person yeah exactly yeah and it, it's always it seemed a bit awkward when Riddle was just like, "Oh, we're gonna do this thing next week," and Thatcher was like, "Well, what have you got in mind?" It's like you should put up more of a fight than that. Like you shouldn't be on board with his mm. shenanigans. It was, it was weird. It, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sold on. I don't think they have that much chemistry together. I don't really like it. I want to see Thatcher as like a singles guy. It, yeah. it just doesn't fit. 
I don't think. Well, the best I'm hoping for is that it's going to break down and we're going to get a Thatcher versus Riddle match somewhere. That because be I, feel, I feel like, you know, like this is probably reading too much into a promo that basically made no sense. Uh, but the bit where he's like, when I look into your beautiful blue eyes, I'm reminded of Stallion P and he's like, my eyes are brown. There's going to be this bit of like, you just, I'm just replacement to you. You don't really care. You only care mm. about me. And then we can hopefully have men once for once feuding over best friends. That'd be interesting. Speaking of best friends. Johnny Gargano, Tomasa Ciampa. Uh, they, well, we had a Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae dinner at the wrestling's household. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was an odd promo. Um, I've said yeah. before that I don't necessarily think Johnny is the best talker. Mm-hmm. Like, I, don't, I don't necessarily, I think his promos, um, I think he's a very good babyface promo. I don't, I think his heel promos are a little bit too. Um, obvious, and mm, like maybe. I don't know. There's there's something about it that doesn't sit right with me. It's all a little bit too cartoonish, um, and this was very cartoonish. This was oh boy, was, was it? This was them having having a dinner. Candice made him a dinner, and was they were sort of this was the this was the point to explain the heel turn, I guess, of Candice the Ray. Um, and funnily enough, Candice the Ray has very similar reasons to Johnny for wanting a heel turn. It's that she she feels that she has always put the other members of the roster first. She has helped to carry the company, but never been given the returns that she actually should be given by uh, NXT. So she's saying, no more. Um, I'm not going to eat second anymore so these other women can climb the ladder ahead of me. I'm going to eat first and put myself first and my family first. And me and Johnny now are going to take what we want. Um, mm-hmm. I like the I like the sentiment. I like the I think the character motivation for Candice works really well. Um, you know, I think the the biggest criticism of her the entire time she's been in NXT has always been us saying like she doesn't get used and she she's always just fitting that best friend ro- role. She's always just a best friend or a a, a sort of guiding figure to these uh, other female wrestlers on the roster to push them up in their feuds with whoever's the champion or whoever's the worst heel, whatever it happens to be. She never really gets into the position herself to even have a title shot. Um, so th- I think this is an interesting turn for her, but it's this was just a slightly weird promo and I feel like the editing of it kind of gave away the fact that it was a slightly weird promo because they did this they were doing these like glitches and turning it black and white and having these moments where they start to say something slightly darker and a bit more sinister than the sort of uh the the, the harmonious suburban family life that they were putting on but they mm. weren't it wasn't it wasn't such a marked change that it felt like this deserves the black and white treatment to be given this like sinister undertone it felt like they'd almost just done it in the edit to try to make a really long promo section more interesting yeah that's that's to me exactly what it felt like because it it felt like they'd gone for a kind of how in the firefly funhouse original promos it was all kind of very happy and cheery and and then he'd say something and it'd be like let me in and it would go a bit darker and Mm. he'd be very serious to the camera that to me is like a really like marked difference this was them being annoyed about nxt and then the transition cuts in and they're annoyed at nxt which is the same as what they were talking about before but it's got black and white now it it was the transition didn't really work for me with those effects so um, this, yeah, so there's something like some, something more like you know that in sit down interview with Maro, which mm. you really liked, where it's like I did. Um, Johnny's trying to keep rage in check. That's something mm. I think they could have played with more here. That idea that they're both they've both got a lot of pent up anger, and yes. um, 
you could have done like they're cutting the they're saying all this stuff and having this twee family life where they should they should have been like sitting around the table gloating and patting each other on the back about like how much they've done for NXT and then one of them cuts across it by being like yeah and be at my own expense because I you know this happened and this happened and this happened and this person's gone ahead of me and this person's gone ahead of me and this person's gone ahead of me and been like but anyway you sorry you have done all this mm. stuff and it's like yeah I've done this and I've done this and I've done this and then cut in with the harsh like I'm angry. I'm pissed. Yeah. This this felt um, smug. And uh, I get that's also kind of part like they're they're still playing up that idea that I think the the wrestlings, the Garganos think they're faces. Mm. Um, And I like that. I just think you could have done more to to drive home the true frustration of uh, their situation in NXT. And then that would probably made them feel a little bit more like that would have made the promo just feel a bit more interesting throughout because it was quite, it never quite gelled. Yeah, it, it didn't really lead to that kind of big crescendo at the end. It's like, here's our here's our MO now that we're heels kind of thing. It, Flip it, it their own table. Like, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I liked Candice's motivation because that's been what she's been throughout NXT of just being someone's friend and now she's not going to be the friend anymore. She's going to put herself first. I liked mm-hmm. that. I wasn't a huge fan of what Johnny was saying through the whole thing. Him just being like, I don't want to do press events anymore. It's mm. like, mm, that's a really weak, considering you're now like the top heel on the brand, supposedly. That's that's a weak motivation. I've heard that motivation from the big show. I've heard that motivation from Kane. Like that that's not something mm. that you want to hear from this really psychologically complex story you've been telling with Gargano and Champer and your big heel move against everyone now is because you don't like smiling for people. It's like, I've heard that so many times on the main roster. Like it, it's to me, that was a really kind of lazy out for him turning heel. Yeah. And- well, I guess it's, I get, but it's their, it's their attempt to, it's their attempt to make Johnny Gargano, one of the most over people in NXT actually annoyed like actually annoy the fans like to mm. say i don't want to do press events anymore i don't want to speak to you i don't want to sign stuff for you like and it's this is classic heel work right this is just and it's it is admittedly fairly basic heel work stuff. yeah like, i, I, they, I, I guess they've got to try they've got to try everything to stop people cheering him i guess so yeah i i think there's a way to do that where you can be more direct with it with him going off against the fans and being specifically like all of you held up my sign at this. You all suck. Like, mm. because X, Y, Z, this, you, you know, you put me up on a pedestal and made me believe that I could be, you know, the top champion. You believe, you believed in me, which made me believe that I was bigger than I was. And I was ready to be a champion and I wasn't. And it was your fault. That's why I lost the NXT mm. championship and all that stuff. I think there's more, a more direct way to be against the fans and being like, I don't like smiling. It was, it, it's a bit, it, I ju- it just felt really like empty. I was mm. like, oh, that's the big motivation. It was a bit disappointing. And it, yeah, like I said, I wasn't a huge, huge fan of like the wacky effects on the promo, but I like Candice's motivation. That's a thumbs up, I guess. Mm-hmm. So yay. Well, I, I guess yeah. they, I guess they need I guess they needed to do Johnny at the same time because it seems like they're, you know, that what Johnny said at the end of that promo is like we're gonna be the first ever married couple to reign together. I quite like that idea i think that's quite that's quite an interesting fresh thing to do with the the wrestling's dynasty like it you know and i think it subverts the expectation that a lot of people would have had of them to have reigned together as baby faces Mm -hmm. i think there's definitely there was definitely a bit of nxt that we could have seen them both be champions and be you know 
babyface wrestlers at the same time. And I think having them not just not do that is quite mm. interesting. And I think there's a lot of there's a lot of bandwidth that you could play with of Johnny helping Candice get to the top through any means necessary and Candice mm-hmm. helping Johnny get to the top through any means necessary. I think that the, the finish to the one final beat match really played off that really well. And I think that was an interesting, uh, was, that was a good match finish to me. Yeah. Uh, mm. I mean, I'm, I am quite curious to see, you know, this power couple reigning because we definitely won't see that with Karrion Cross and Scarlet Bordeaux. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not going to have two power couples at the same time and have the same stories. I think I feel like she's more of a <laughs> she's going to be more of a valet though, Scarlet. Totally, Bordeaux. yeah. Like she's going to be more like the. You could use her also like as like a harbinger kind of character, couldn't you? You could use her mm. more like the herald of Carrion Cross. So mm, she yeah. she appears to. Um, who was it that did it with in Lucha Underground when it was Mil Muertes? Uh, who was his oh. valet? But she she would go and on behalf of him, sort of say like, "You're next in line," and then he'd turn up and destroy people like. That's really annoying me now because I do know it. Damn it! But I think I think some, I think more of that sort of role for Scarlet would probably work. Her being the mouthpiece yeah. for this mysterious, enigmatic killer character. Like I, I um, am being facetious. I yeah. don't. I don't think they're going to be the same. But I just thought it was curious timing to have. Oh, here's well, the yeah, but, together, and here's this power couple. Yeah, I know, but I mean, also they're doing they're doing abduction stories at the same time. Like yeah. NXT is just it's got two of the same story on the go at any one time. How many of their writers did they release? I feel like they should get some of them back because, good mm. God, apparently the writers they've got left only know like five stories. Yeah, um, NXT's, it's been a weird one recently. I think is the mm. it's probably the big takeaway. It's, from it's hard to be too critical because the world's going crazy. So I know mm. they're they're very much on the back foot and they're just trying to make a show with what they have. Which I totally get. Uh, there's just some stuff like, you know, having Dexter Lumis just show up in the match when there's a very easy out was a bit weird. Yeah. I mean, there's punches you've got to roll with and we are rolling with the punches. But um, I think wrestling has enough bandwidth in it to quite simply make stories um, mm. where there doesn't need to be too much complex thought put into them. And stuff like I've tagged into a match that I'm not in is one that we should probably throw out the window. Um, mm. Unless you've got, a, unless next week you've got a really good reason, because like I know NXT's played with it before. NXT's played with like blind tags before um, to get rematches on the next show. So like you know, undisputed era, I think against the War Raiders did a blind tag, something spot, like that, yeah, and uh, got you know got their rematch on the very next show. You, you can definitely play with the rules being broken and flouted, but you need to make sure that the people involved at least react to it. You know, so yeah. Cole and Strong should have been more vocal about the fact that Loomis is on the apron and he's not in the match and arguing about it. They should we should have closed the show with them screaming it in the referee's face as Velveteen Dream walks up the ramp having pinned the champion and everyone going, Oh, Adam Cole has pinned the NXT champion. Adam Cole. Um, Adam Cole, yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. So like I think that we could have made more of it to to make that make sense. And I think a lot of these like I, I get we're all trying we're all having to try stuff we don't normally do we're all filming in our bedrooms or filming in our living rooms or whatever it is um but things have to have a bit of a clearer through line story wise even if those stories don't pan out you just gotta yeah. leave it open enough that you can kind of work with what you got well maybe dexter loomis's superpowers that he makes everyone in the ring think that he looks like keith lee so they just thought he was back in the match mm, maybe that is yeah maybe, what turns maybe out he's super spooky 
So, Laurie, during this quarantine times, during the, these lockdown times, uh, I hear you've been playing Animal Crossing a lot now. Mm-hmm. Is that is that right? It is my only outside experience. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> I was. I've been. I've, I've only been dabbling with it really. So I've only mm-hmm. just. I've only just got the resident services building built, and this is like multiple weeks after it's out, which it takes about a week to do. Uh, I've just been very lazy at doing anything in the game. Like there was a bit where it was just like, so you get you get all the materials to build your house, you get all the materials so they can build a shop, and then it's like, can you now also just get all the furniture for some other people's houses? And I was like, what the hell, man? <laughs> no, no. It's my- why would I do that? Uh, yeah. And then you do, and then you have to like make all the garden furniture and leave it outside. So then when all the residents moved in, I just took all the garden furniture back. <laughs> it's like my garden furniture, thank you. I'm not leaving you with this stuff. This is great stuff. I spent lots of nuggets on this. Um, Amazing. And then, yeah, so I've now been built, actually finally been building my little garden around my house. But I've got true designs, Pete, mm-hmm. on a little, a little plot of land up the top of my island in like mm-hmm. this nice wooded area. And I feel like I'm going to, when the time comes that I can finally restructure the entire town, what I'm going to do is I'm going to make everyone else live at the bottom and I'm going to live at the top in the mountains nice. on my own. And that, that's going to be my existence. Mm-hmm. Mysterious nice. Blake, the, it, the the man of the mountains. I, he I've, comes I down haven't... once a day to buy T-shirts. Yeah, <laughs> I, I haven't... I haven't dabbled in Animal Crossing too hard, um, but I the one thing I've seen about, well, I've seen lots of things about it on my Twitter, but I saw yesterday people were complaining about the fact that uh, for empty plots of land, you can't control if villagers just join the town. You don't get mm. like, oh, this person wants to join. Do you want to let them join? It's just like, they're there now, which they were really unhappy about, like, like really, really unhappy about. Yeah, is, that a re- is that a big like flaw in the game, or is that is that them overreacting? I mean, I mean, the reason I stopped playing Animal Crossing's New Horizon, no, New Leaf, is because mm. uh, some bastard squirrel moved into my orchard that I'd spent weeks <laughs> growing. Uh, I'd been like, and I, I like really don't play it. I play it like once a day for maybe twenty minutes, and I normally just dig mm. up the fossils and go give them to the 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 owl who runs the museum um Mm -hmm. but this i actually spent time on like cultivating this orchard and i like spent ages doing it and there were like flower patches all throughout it and then this bloody house moved right into the middle of it and just demolished half the orchard i was like well that's that's my interest in the game immediately eradicated i just stopped playing at that point and never went back to it because i was like i can't make this person leave um So I imagine in a game where it's like you're you have complete control of town planning, you get to do whatever you want, and someone just goes, "Well, not complete control." That would <laughs> that would make me stop playing because if I have ideas for something and I want to have mm. control of it, I'd like to have control of it. Yeah, it does make sense. Uh, uh, it's, yeah, it's still it's still a lot of fun that game. Um, mm. But yeah, it's uh, it's definitely just one of those small bursts. Play it a couple of hours and then I turn it off. Yeah, so I'm playing totally. Steam Well Dig 2, Pete. Steam what? Well Dig, which I never thought I would play uh, because it's about digging. Uh, but it's really Isn't fun. Isn't that what Animal Crossing's about? Yeah, but in a different way. So this is about mm. like you're, you're a robot trying to mine stuff, trying to mine deep enough into the earth to track down uh, the previous robot who did this. Um, okay. And it's just really cathartic and really fun. You just dig a big hole and then jump back up and sell all the stuff you found at the town then you 
dig down the other side of the hole and then <laughs> pop back up and then you fight a boss and you beat up some enemies. It's really cool. <laughs> it's really, really I don't I don't know why it's so satisfying, but it really is. It, it got, actually sounds pretty cool, not gonna it's lie. It's got it's got a good feedback loop though, because you, you you mine a little bit, you excavate the area around the, the tunnel that you've built. And you take the goods back and then you upgrade yourself and then you can go a bit further and you go back and you can upgrade and you just keep popping back mm -hmm. up to sell stuff and you keep getting stronger. It's a really good game. Sounds like a mobile recommend. game. It does sound like a mobile game. It is mm. not a mobile game. It's actually a bit, it's a bit more complex. So There's like an overarching story about uh, these doomsday devices and stuff that are buried in the ground that you have to dismantle. But So it's not Excavate Shadow Legends then? No, it's not, sadly. It's uh, mm. it's part of um I don't know if you've heard of the Steam World games. They're by a company called I Image actually. By a company company called Image and Form, and they've made like Steam World is their overarch overarching uh like Discworld, I guess, that kind of mm. like top down this is this is the, the, the narrative place that we've assembled. But then they've made loads of different types of games in that uh family of games. So there's like Steam World Dig, Steam World Dig 2, Steam World Heist, which is a slightly different one, Steam World uh Quest, which is an RPG one. So they keep making like different types of games in that same setting. It's really cool. Mm, that is fun. Yeah. Um something else that was fun was uh I watched Quizzlemania yesterday. Mm -hmm. And good God, I've never laughed so much as getting live updates of when Andy Datsun was shaving his head. <sighs> That was I saw, the, I saw the one where he looked amazing. like Pennywise for a bit. That was good. Yeah, it it was so funny. And I think it only got better with hearing everyone else's reactions on the stream as well. It was genuinely hilarious. There's there's actually, if you don't want to watch the whole Quizlemania, which you should, it's amazing. Uh, there is uh, on WrestleTalk Clips, there's a, a montage of all of the, the highlights, for lack of a better word uh of uh andy datson shaving his head for charity and it is brilliant it's so funny and he was messaging after being like you have no idea how hard this is and i was like yes i do <laughs> i think me laurie and luke all know exactly what you're going through um, Andy. yeah uh but uh yeah, I thought it was genuinely hilarious. And I'm really looking forward to next week's Quiz on as well. We've got some uh, more really cool guests uh, lined up for, for Parts of Unknown. So, yeah, super pumped for that. I'm I'm going to have a wild guess because you're such a big fan of quizzes that you've definitely checked out Quiz right? Yes, I watched all of it. Mm -hmm. Live. And I answered all of the questions. Yes, totally. Annoying thing is, I generally watch Quiz on with my with my lady partner. She's actually really good at it. Like, mm. annoyingly good. We'll be sitting there, and then she'll just be like, oh, it's this thing? And I'll be like, how did you know that? Like, you don't know anything about wrestling. But to be fair, knowledge of wrestling doesn't really get you very far in, in exactly. Quizlemania. Yeah. yeah. She's very good at guessing, is what, I've, is what the, the conclusion I've come to. I'll tell you what, speaking don't of... overthink it, it, I think, is the answer. Yeah, probably. Uh, speaking of really, really terrible segues, by the way, speaking of doing things with your lady partner mm, mm. not the best segue mm -mm. uh yeah we, we we decided last last weekend to have a little bit of a date day and we made a white chocolate bailey's cheesecake excuse me <coughs> oh it was good maybe cough oh it was good oh it was good it was 
super boozy. Like, mm. oh man, I couldn't, I couldn't have a slice of cheesecake while I was at work. Put it that way. It it was the consistency was slightly too liquidy because we put in too much Bailey's, but it was fantastic. It was. It's so so good. Like I, I love a Bailey's. Mm, Bailey's. I've never really had just like Bailey's before, but we had leftover Bailey's. We were like, "Do you want to just drink it?" We we're like, "Sure." So mm. we just, you know, had Bailey's on the rocks. It was. I think it's an underrated <laughs> drink. It's really good. Yeah, it is really really good. I, I've discovered a new drink that I like now. It was mental. Yeah. But so uh, yeah, add, that, add we... that to water. Add that to water and add and that to, to stuff that's fruits. like strongbow dark fruits. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it goes water, dark fruits, Bailey's. Bailey's, Pete, yeah. Pete's palette for everyone yeah. there. Hey, man, uh, at least I'm not Louis Dangor. At least I don't go to a craft beer pub and ask for something that's like dark fruits. Uh, that's the infamous Louis story. Uh, and that's probably all the time we've got Ooh. for the uh, for the NXT podcast. So thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back soon. Uh, Saturday, I'll be back with newly bold Randy Andy Datsun for the SmackDown review. We've got the magazine show tomorrow with Luke and Laurie. Uh, and we are doing Raw next Tuesday. Um, and we're going to be leading up to Money in the Bank soon on May 10th. Corporate, mm. climb the corporate ladder bank or office match it's gonna be super weird uh oh, thanks for listening everyone uh i love you all goodbye Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.